Hello, and welcome to the Let's Talk Transformation podcasts. In this episode, we'll be discussing Agile HR and the future of work. I'm delighted to welcome Natal Dank, a pioneer in Agile HR and founder of PXO Culture. Natal, welcome to the show. Hello, thank you for having me. It's great to be here. <laughs> Likewise, it's a pleasure. Natal, I know we share this question that you've been pioneering this subject for years, the subject of Agile HR and HR for the 21st century, and also through your book, Agile HR, Delivering Value in a Changing World of Work, which for me has never been more relevant. Yes, thank you. <laughs> so for those of you who are listening and not watching, she's showing her book. So I know you're a certified Agile practitioner and you've recently taken up the role of director of the HR Trend Institute from Tom Hack. So congratulations for that. Thank you. Uh, Very exciting. It is exciting. And I know, and what you do is exciting, looking and discussing the latest HR trends and what it means for the world of HR. But as we know, the world is getting less siloed. So what it means for the world of work in general. So let's start there. Why Agile HR as your topic and what is it exactly? Very good question to but begin with. Two small with. questions um, to yeah, ask. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that will take the whole podcast. Um, so... So there's two sides to it. One is our role in how we help organizations develop and uh, evolve and also be the great place to work. And that's now becoming more and more the role in how we enable business agility Mm. through people practices. Right. So I I think first and foremost, it's really good for HR to appreciate where business is at and what's happening in the world. The need to respond, adapt, deal with complexity and constant change um, mm. and things like little things like <laughs> pandemics. Um, small and, challenges. And all of, small challenges, yeah. So the concept of agility now is so linked to achieving strategy. You know, the word transformation is just everywhere, you know, the yeah, need to yeah. digitalize all these, you know, common themes. So it's about how we enable that through people practices. Because if we think about it, a lot of the legacy of HR's people practices aren't that agile, you know, they come from the legacy of top-down, command control, hierarchy, those kind of things. So there's a huge role for us to play in how the business evolves. The other key thing, however, is we ourselves have problems to solve within HR. And actually more and more, this is why I work with HR leaders and teams directly because they recognise, yes, we play a role in business agility, but we actually have to apply these these techniques, this mindset to get better results ourselves. Mm. And there's no, and you can't design people practices for agility if you don't do it yourself as such. Of course. Of course. So the common themes that come up is this need to modernize and digitalize the employee experience. So that, mm. that's a huge part in that. Be more of the value adding function. So how do we how do we understand the value to deliver? How do we measure it? How do we demonstrate impact? Also, this enriching of the employee experience. I think we're going to talk about that. Yeah. You know, it's that much more holistic approach, end to end. This idea mm. of it like the customer journey for our people, and then ultimately, you just mentioned it. This this siloed world in which yeah. we've operated up until now. I think HR themselves have been one of the most siloed functions because Absolutely. we've been so much about different topics. So, you know, I look after reward, you look after Mm. talent, someone Mm. else looks after learning. Mm. We always needed each other to get the job done. And, but we would come at problems 
based on our functional expertise yeah. and we need to solve complex problems, you have to do it in a multi-skilled way. And that is what Agile is. It's about mm. solving complex problems. And I think we're finally realising in HR we've got to do the same. Um, so mm. that's definitely why I think. But because I almost feel like saying we need to put the H back into HR, which is oh, well, totally. one, yeah. one of my observations <laughs> is it's all about processing spreadsheets. And, and this is the whole shift for me towards an employee experience and journey yeah. as opposed to employees in a process. And I think you know, it's very rare to put Agile and HR in the same sentence and for that to be a positive <laughs> sentence. I know, I know, uh, I know. But I think um, there's so much that can be done there. Totally. And you've you've also highlighted, so, you know, Agile comes from a history that started over 20 years ago yeah. and at the heart is something that's called the Agile Manifesto. Yeah. And the first part of that manifesto essentially can be translated into people before process. Yeah. And <laughs> based on what you've just said, yeah. the tradition of HR, and I look, I think the intent was always good mm. on the whole yeah. you know I was taught to follow best practice to go and get a yeah, framework likewise <laughs> yeah that was you that were you know that a great that you know that an outstanding company had done you know a talent framework or something like mm. that and I was encouraged to then go and implement that where I was and yeah. what we're saying now is that context is king you've you know you can you can borrow ideas and and examples and other forms of best practice but you've got to test it for what's going on in your own environment you've got to understand is this really fixing the problem that we've got what is the problem you know it's yeah. not just the framework it's the problem mm. and how do you actually test it for your own culture brand and know it's going to work and so i think you know if we think about what agility is it's understanding that whatever you're going to release whether it's a project a product or service it is actually going to be valuable for the customer and you've got to determine that very early on and then start to add to that release mm. and you know that's what the business is trying to do and of course we should be doing that for the employee experience yeah. um so for me it's a i these days i feel like it's a, a no brainer but um we still got a, a while to go <laughs> it, it is a no brainer when you talk about it like that when we talk about it it sounds so simple and so obvious but i think when you put it back into context as you say the context is uncertain and even more uncertain and you can't just take a model and apply it or you can but it doesn't work anymore because the the context is changing so much exactly so there's that yeah. need for adaptability and yeah. continuous review and i suppose evolution of the framework as well isn't mm. it so yeah um, mm. definitely yeah and i think you know hr as a business partner is something that started as a trend you know 10 or 12 years ago and i think this is really about hr understanding what that means but also the business understanding what that means because for me and I love your comment on the Agile Manifesto because I, you know, Agile tools are great, you know, Scrum and Kanban and working in an Agile way. But if you don't have the mindset, it's really difficult. And I like to talk about an Agile culture. So sort of being Agile as opposed to doing Agile. Mm -hmm. And what yeah. do you see are the trends around? Because that's quite a holistic understanding, isn't it, of the system. If you want to put, because digital, digital transformation is about creating value differently. Agile is about creating value differently. Um, but like you say, HR have got to start with understanding the value that they bring to business and that they want to, to create in, let's take the employee experience, for example. So mm -hmm. how do you see people and organizations sort of navigating that's a big piece of work because it's a big paradigm shift, isn't it? It is, it is. And I think that there's sort of several layers to, to that question. 
that we should explore. Mm. I think the first one is this idea of the agile mindset yeah. and definitely that that's what it represents it's actually a different way of seeing mm. the world and, mm. and and how you do business and mm. um there's a person called Simon Powers who I really you know admire and he talks about three beliefs that sit behind the mindset that I always like to uh, reference and the first one is a belief in complexity you know yeah. we now live in a complex world and yeah. that's a given and actually you the way that we used to work doesn't fit the complexity in now in which we now operate. Um, yeah. Though you can sometimes argue that <laughs> did the old way always work as well? You know that's but we can we can get into that debate. Yeah, the next one is exactly <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> but but there is there is a you know the you know if we talk about one of the trends that's coming out of business agility, it's this shift from a more hierarchical, bureaucratic kind of static structure into this more collaborative network. And yeah. lots of organisations are trying to do that shift. They're all on different sort of, mm. you know, levels of the, the spectrum. But And that is because you need to be able to respond and adapt yeah. and you've got to be able to operate in a different way to stay competitive. And so then the other, the next two beliefs, one is the, a belief in people you know, yeah. that your people can actually deliver against this complexity. But you can't do that in a traditional way of siloed job functions yeah. Yeah. and, you know, you know, top-down uh, ways of working. You actually need to enable teams to make decisions at that yeah. customer level. So, yeah. so that's a very different way of working. Mm. And then the other one he talks about is this belief in being proactive. So this idea of understanding, you know, what are you go, what's the purpose? What's the problem yourself? How do you go after it? As opposed to sort of this reaction to uh, what's going on around your business, your business yeah. environment. So I think they're really key. And I think that that mindset thing, it's very interesting because there's a bit of a chicken and an egg because you kind of got to do agile and yeah. use some of the yeah. tools that you've talked about to have some of those mm. aha moments and yeah. go, I get it. I understand why this is, makes things better. Yeah. However, unless you have some openness to the mindset, yeah. you're not even going to try it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And definitely there's a lot of problems now of people doing just the tools and not embracing that true kind of mindset shift in an organization. Mm. And that's a lot about trying to unpick a lot of the legacy also that we have in organizations. So what I, I also think is that there's this idea that you've got to kind of do both at the same time. But if you clearly define why you're going agile, so a good friend of mine said, there's no use embracing agile unless you know the problem you're trying to solve. You need to link it to your, your purpose, what's happening with your strategy. Indeed, you don't even have to talk about agile itself. Yeah, exactly. You can just talk about what are the capabilities and tools that mm. are going to get us to this purpose mm. that we have. Mm. And there's a couple of really interesting organizations I've recently worked with that are their purpose is becoming net zero. You know, how do yeah. we actually save the planet? Yeah. Which I think, you know, this is an, this is this is it, isn't it? This is probably challenge. the main trend. <laughs> yeah, that's starting to take over. Mm. And of course, you've got to be agile to do that. You've got to do all kinds of things like reskill your workforce, change your whole supply chain. You know, there's some really mm. big things to do. Um, so the more that we talk about, you know, what are we trying to solve? Why are we doing it? And how? You naturally, I think, start to develop the mindset. And that's how mm. I like to, to go about it. But definitely, I think that the doing agile versus the being agile is not understanding the environment that you're operating in, but also thinking that just the tools is going to get you there. 
Um, but it's sort of like a quick fix for some organisations, isn't it? Because yeah. they're still in the busyness of we need to do agile because I've been told we need to do agile because apparently yeah. it will give me competitive advantage. <laughs> so and we need to be working in ecosystems and not in a pyramid. So we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And they ultimately just look at quick wins, get the buzz of quick wins and then get disappointed because the system and the culture isn't following. Yeah. It's really interesting, though. I know you work with sort of tech innovation companies, large companies, non-for-profits. Are you seeing the same issues across the board or do different sort of size companies have different type of issues? It's a good question. And I think if we go back to what we talked about at the start, context is yeah. king. So yeah. so every context is different. Yeah. And you've got to find <laughs> out your why and your, you know, what's your purpose? What are you trying to get solve? And then look at why Agile can help you get there. But if we think about it, everyone's facing similar problems. And this is why there is, you know, all the consultants are coming in and going, you need to go agile and this is how you do it. And (laughs) um, and so so there's, everyone's got the same problems to solve. They've got, usually they're in, you know, nearly every market is disrupted in some way now. You know, you've got banks trying to become, you know, nimble fintechs to compete in a a new way. You know, you've got huge retail entities trying to evolve so they can be just in time for their customers, but also now start to tap into this growing Mm. environmental awareness and how do you get you know, food from, from farm to fork and all these yeah. kind of concepts, yeah. Yeah. you know, there's, so you're, you're trying to respond to so many things in your market. And um, so I think there's a similar drive to business agility, no matter what industry you're in, mm. but then you've got to make it applicable for you and your brand and what you're trying mm. to achieve. Mm. And again, that's what I think that's how people miss the trick is that they just think, oh, okay, I'll go agile. Yeah. And that will fix, you know, that as you said, that will fix the problems. Yeah. And I, I also think some of that reflects, again, the legacy that we've got in things like change management, project yeah. management, yeah. and unfortunately consulting, you know, coming yeah. in and Massively. saying this is how you do it. One size fits all. <laughs> yeah, the tradition there is <laughs> scale, you know, like, yeah, one size fits all, but also top down, you know, yeah. implement onto people rather yeah. than co-create and build it with people. And agile isn't that. So you've got to embrace an agile mindset in how you do that transformation. Mm. Another really good one that I've, you know, gets discussed a lot in an agile community is the concept of transformation has an endpoint. But actually what we're talking about is continuous evolution now, aren't we? How do you continuously evolve your business to stay competitive and, you know, meet the needs of your customers? Mm. And so someone was saying, and I, I, can't, I don't know who it is, so I can't um, reference them, but that it's more like your house res- renovation that's continuous. So you might be, you know, your kitchen's done, but now your bathroom's getting done and yeah. you're kind of living in one room while the rest of the house is, you know. Th- so there's this idea that you're constantly renovating the house. Um, yeah. and, and telling yourself yeah. that you'll feel better once it's done. And fairly, totally, you know, yeah. And it's going to be wonderful once yeah. it's done. And, um, and I, you know, I, I had an, um, an, an auntie and uncle who were one of those couples that were forever renovating a house, you know, and then they'd move to the next one and they'd rent it. Yeah. So, um, so this is where I your agile understanding comes from. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think it's more, we've just got to be mindful of, there's no, you know, if people say, oh, we're doing an agile transformation. Mm. Well, 
what like there's an endpoint to that. Yeah. Um, when do you know that you're there, and what mm. does that look like? So again, I think you take it away from that kind of language, and you go, "We are evolving as a business to do this, this, and this." Mm. You can actually measure some of that, and but when once you get to those targets, you'll probably need to now consider something else. And that's yeah, I think that's a healthier way to see it. Yeah. I mean, if I come to you at the first belief you talked about from Simon Powers mm. around complexity is our reality. I think disruption is our reality as well, isn't it? So however good your business model is, however much you've discussed it, however much it fits that context at that given moment in time, you're going to be constantly looking at having it evolve depending on what's going on around you in the startup world and in the bigger ecosystems that we have today. Um, And I just want to come back to the idea of measurement because, you know, Mm. it's so stuck on measurement and we need measurement. I, I believe, you know, we do need measurement, but you can get stuck, can't you, in KPIs and OKRs and say, okay, it's, we've we've done it, it's green, end of story. So what's your advice and what are the trends you're seeing around measurement of mm. whatever they put in place under the label of Agile HR? Because mm. it won't look like the KPI dashboards they have today, will it? No, no. And I think, again, it's a totally different mindset yeah. of what of how you go about achieving any kind of target or goal. I think maybe we change, you know, maybe it's not, but it's also understanding that that target will change and evolve. Yeah. And yeah. also you might find out that it's the wrong one and you might fail, but that's okay because you gather huge amount of learning mm-hmm. that you can then mm-hmm. put into the right direction. So, mm-hmm. so I think what's interesting is that even I'm seeing in organizations that the, even the concept of OKRs, yeah. that started with the idea that you didn't reach the target, that it was a stretch that you had a, you know, the firing goal that you'd go after. And then you'd have, then you track some results and mm. then you'd have a, an outcome generally that was not a hundred percent that you would then go, okay, well, we've, we've got so much of this result. This is what we've learned. Actually, we've also seen that we now need to go in this direction for this. Mm. Or this particular product now needs to, you know, scale down, and we need to scale up here. So it's about a, uh, as you say, a dashboard of of tracking and understanding where you are, and and using data to make yeah. decisions. It's less about reaching this target to get a hundred percent and get get that bonus, you know. Mm. So there's a different way, and I think if you take that into HR, it's a really interesting one because we, first of all how do we use data to understand the employee experience better? And if we start looking at that more as we run a kind of portfolio of products and services across the organization to enable people to get the job done. And that also has to be linked into how do we help people do their job to deliver value through the business, through to whoever that end customer is, which is either people that buy products and services from the company or maybe your community services, if you're not for profit, HR has to understand that flow. And actually, that's where I'm spending most of my time at the moment with HR teams of understanding on the bigger picture, okay, well, you can't do everything. So no. what do you, you know, what's the most important business challenges to focus on this quarter or this, you know, mm. how would you know that you're, what the problem is that you need to solve there? How would you understand the tangible delivery and yeah. how would you then track that delivery? And then sitting in the background is, yeah, how do you continuously track that overall portfolio that you've got? So some products you might need to 
to maintain, some yeah. that you might need to kill, they're not actually working anymore, mm. others that you need to improve, others that are fine, you know, the way mm. they are. So, and again, if we go back to what we talked at the start, when we worked in these functional silos, everyone had their own products that yeah. they released into the business and looked after. That doesn't equal a nice, you know, joined up portfolio no. of, uh, <laughs> yeah, of products and services. So the, the more we think more about how do we run what we do in human resources as a way to enable the business to run, as opposed to just these individual problem, mm. um, you know, products and, and topics. That's how we start to operate more like the business for the customers in the, the end customers. Mm. So, yeah, so for me, there's a lot of crossover. And ultimately for me, I, you know, for a long time, HR has talked about this need to be more evidence-based, yeah. you know, use data, seat at the mm. table and all yeah. these kind of things. <laughs> and, you know, Agile helps you do that. That's yeah. why I think Agile is the, you know, essential for modern ways of working within HR teams, because mm. it's it's all about moving beyond opinion and assumption, getting some data, helping you make a decision around why you make an organizational change. Yeah. Like we impact the business so much with the things that we do. We touch yeah. everyone and exactly. we need to know that they're the right things to do. And then we can show that it's been valuable. Yeah. yeah. So we've got to have a different conversation with how we go about it. Yeah. yeah. And not having an organizational change just because there's a new head of or something else. Definitely. <laughs> or that's because we bought a new system. Yeah, yeah definitely. Exactly. Yeah. Shoehorning <laughs> people into tools and process, which of course is the way it often happens. But it is. I come back to what you're saying about products and services and sort of a new way of working. If I look at the mm-hmm. HR part of that and the skills part of that. So, you know, you can no longer say this is your job description. These are your skills and you will sit in that function and do that job. Thank you very much. So, mm. you know, what what do you see happening around upskilling? I mean, role-based, role-based jobs where, you know, people are using their skills as much as possible across multiple projects to deliver yes. in this flexible world. Yeah. You know, what trends are you seeing around the way HR are managing and could manage that differently? Because that's a massive step out of, the models of today, but we know that, and they call it digital skills. And I think it is linked to digital enabling things to happen so much faster in such a different, more collaborative way. But how do HR manage that? Yeah, it's a really good question. And so there's one is that it's moving beyond the legacy, isn't it? Of how we've designed organizations and thought about careers and built teams. And what's interesting is this is such a hot topic. I can see that. So Burson, for example, is just, you know, this is the thing he is talking about at the moment, agile organizational design. But to do that, exactly, you need to understand your, your skill or no, Okay, so I was about to say you need to understand your skill set so you can bring different skills together to solve different problems. So I'll just talk about that first. So the idea is that you need to be able to bring, um, as you're saying, people together in a multi-skilled way to solve business problems as they arise or innovate a new product or deal with a customer kind of situation. But then that then shifts and you need to be able to move some of those people to a new problem. (laughs) And yeah, exactly. And so you scale up, scale down. So that that flexibility within the network Mm. um, that we've been talking about, that's about understanding different capabilities and bringing people together based on capabilities as opposed to 
functional job roles that yeah. you've been talking about or set career paths, set grades, you know, um, these kind of things. What I think we need to be careful, however, is what I'm seeing, you're probably seeing it as well, is within the HR community that is translated into these massive skill yes. uh, inventory <laughs> pro- projects. <laughs> oh, we must know every single yes. skill yeah. in the organisation and we must track mm-hmm. it, mapping of it. And that's a never-ending thing. How yeah. do you know? So I, we've also got to come at this with a different kind of mindset and think more about how do you understand different capabilities and gaps in your organization and move there first you know so mm. again un- try and build your understanding of skills through the problems that you need to solve for the business rather than just this huge mapping across the whole business that's you a know, really kind of useful yeah. lens yeah that's really yeah nice. definitely <laughs> so because people I think a lot of HR people really struggle with this one how do yes. oh my god yeah. I've got to know all the skills I've got and to, it's huge isn't you know, it I mean it's, it's a huge <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> um, but also let's do it in our own teams as well uh, yeah. and this takes us to T-shape would you like me to uh, yeah go on would you like to ask T-shape. me about, would you, yeah, okay all right um, <laughs> no because so, we hear so much about it Natal and, I, and yes. I think it's really interesting to understand what it is for you and how you see it playing out in the yeah. oper- in the operational environment, which is exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. Okay. So I, well, I suppose I've kind of slightly evolved the concept. I've realised because I've been told on LinkedIn by people <laughs> that I, I'm not using the framework in the right way, and uh, you know. okay. so uh, that's probably yeah, a good so, thing. <laughs> yeah. But so T shape. There's a bit of a debate about where it first started. Possibly McKenzie's uh, in the 80s. Possibly mm. uh, IDEO, the design mm. yeah, um, company, um, but then made quite uh, famous or well known through Spotify in particular, mm. uh, and of course the world of agile. So T shape concept is that you've got the T, and yeah. um, the horizontal is general capability. So this is about how do you build general capabilities to navigate across multiple mm. business scenarios? Change management is mm. a good general capability. Yeah. You know, for HR, being able to consult and understand your business is a yeah. general good, good general capability. We then want to have some specialisms. And so this is the, the vertical. What can you go deep in? So traditionally, that could be something like reward or mm. learning or Agile, uh, HR, that kind of thing. But what we can do is, if you think about, we'll use HR as an example first. We came from this environment where it was specialist versus generalist. Yes. You know, that there was an idea that you were one or the other. And there was an idea that if you might be a specialist in one thing and then you might move into another specialism. But this idea that T-shape says, actually, you need to be both. And what it is, is about understand, appreciating your own T-shape better mm. and strengthening that T-shape. And I'll talk about that next. But how do you then build T-shaped teams? So a T-shaped team is more able to navigate multiple projects because yeah. they all, everyone has a good level good of general mm. capability across mm. things that are needed in the business. Mm. And then you've got a collection of specialisms that when combined, you can deal with different projects and and draw on different skills as you're needed. So actually, it actually gives you a bit of stability in that environment that we're talking about of bringing people together Mm. to solve a business problem and then disbanding that and bringing another group together. Actually, a good T-shaped team can take on, you know, different problems as they arise. And you're 
you, if you're conscious also of, oh, okay, we don't have this specialism in the team. We've got these five, you know, how do we now obtain Mm. that? Do we upskill in the team? Do Mm. we bring someone new in? Do we work with someone else that, so there's a better understanding of, of how you use, you use those skills that we're talking about. If we take that back to HR, we also can start to think about our T-shape for the modern world in which we operate. So if I think about mine, my general capabilities, which is the horizontal, you know, I'm good at working in a digital way. I'm not an expert, you know. Mm. I'm good at people analytics. I'm not a data cruncher, you know, I'm not a data nerd. I'm good at knowing my, you know, knowing my business and consulting Mm. around that and asking the right questions. Actually, I think maybe a general capability I need to get better at now is more this modern hybrid, you know, ways of working, you know, understanding that kind of culture. Mm. Do I need to be a specialist? Not sure at the moment, but Mm. I need to have that. And then if I think of my specialisms, yeah, I can go very deep with people strategy, agile HR learning. Mm. Do I maybe need to go deep in one other thing? So you start to be, it's a much more holistic way of developing your own career. Mm. And then if you're a HR leader, how do you put different T's together to build a really strong multi-skilled team that can take on different problems as they arise. Mm. And if you have a few Mm. of those teams, like that's, that's delivering the employee experience, isn't it? So, um, yeah. So I just think it's a really nice way to start thinking about how do you take this skills concept into your own career? Yeah. How do we do it in HR? But then how could we actually do it for the business as well? Yeah. Um, And I love the idea of T-shaped teams. So, and in that T, horizontally you would also be looking at what makes a great team wouldn't you so trust and dialogue yes. and yeah, really co-creation yeah, yeah. and co-responsibility and things like that which which I think is a little bit like agile being and doing you can't have one without the other if you want the t-shaped teams to be high performing which brings me to the leadership piece I mean I think mm-hmm. you know for people to understand that leaders resourcing leaders also need to understand that they don't have proprietary rights on their resource <laughs> so I hear a lot of <laughs> yeah yeah no he or she's great but they're in my team and Mm. and I think that's also a shift that HR need to help the business enable I don't know where how HR can do that but I'm thinking as you're speaking that it's probably enacting t-shaped teams within HR so living the experience before going and and helping the rest of the business put it into place because it's not just HR's job although that's often how it's still seen I think it's a great, great point, and I totally agree. Um, well, I'm a big believer. This is why I I do what I do mm. because unless HR understands yeah. some of these tools, frameworks, yeah. and techniques, and the mindset, then we we, we can't go and do yeah. it for the rest of the organisation, no. can we? No. So, so definitely because if you, I just think, you know, and this is very much my own opinion mm. um, that. Um, if we embraced a T-shaped way of working within HR, we're going to deliver and yeah. be a much better function. And that's a good thing. Yeah. And then, of course, we'll understand how to do it for the for the organization. I think, yeah, going back to that idea of a manager saying, oh, they're great, but they're in my team. Mm. There's a lot in that, isn't there? Because that means there's a lot of traditional (laughs) kind of hierarchical kind of ways of of working. There's potentially that manager is based linked to certain targets or outcomes and they want to be able to achieve them. And there's a move, there's there's yet an embrace of a team approach 
to delivering against the strategy in yeah. in that environment. So for me, you'd want to unpack, unpick that in multiple ways. And, and because I asked yeah. you that question, because that very anecdote comes from an agile organization ah. where they had changed the organizational design and had gone agile, full stop. And okay. this was one of the issues they were having. And I yeah. think it's very interesting yeah. because I think it's a, an implicit, almost underlying issue until it yeah. isn't. And that I was really interested to have your take on that. Yeah, definitely. Well, there's, you know, in agile transformation, there's several stages, isn't there? And yeah. one of them is helping what is known as a manager <laughs> define what yeah. that really is mm. and uh, where do they sit in the new, mm. you know, ecosystem yeah. or network. Yeah. Uh, are they even a manager as we would see them in mm. the past? Um, and, you know, for people that are listening that are familiar with Agile, you know, core frameworks that isn't actually a manager per no. se. There's a there's different roles. And the idea is we create, you know, we self-organize and we create accountability and responsibility by these roles working together and, you know, essentially questioning each other mm. and, you know, and ensuring we deliver. So there's something about that part of the transformation hasn't happened yet for that yeah. organization. But also yeah, I would just want to really question, well, how are they setting targets? Mm. How are they talking about delivering against their strategy? How are they talking about teams being that network and, and linking up together? Like there's some organizations that insist on rotation and movement through teams um, and around the organization to break that that kind of concept, yeah. you know, or there's an idea that you, when you join the organization, you are joining the organization based on your T-shape and you'll move around based on what is going to be good for that organization and you rather than I'm in this team and, you know, this is my... So, but in doing that, you've also got to, you know, there is something about, we, as we talked about, psychological safety, feeling yeah, like course. you belong. So yeah. there's that element of how do you also build that environment where you feel that you have a team and this yeah. is, you know, I'm going to deliver well. I think one of the best ones always is the, was it the Oxygen Project that yeah. Google did? Uh, I, yeah. Yeah, which they went and they tried to, they went out to disprove that a manager was needed. Mm. And actually they saw that, well, no, that role can be really essential, but they have to serve the team. They yeah. don't, you know, they're not serving their role or, you know, yeah. go upwards. Yeah. It's that they're there to enable the team to work and, yeah. they, and they should be accountable for that. And if you're accountable for that, then you're seeing your team differently, isn't it? It's not that it's mine. It's that, wow, this person's awesome. And I can also yeah. see that they would go over there and really help deliver against that problem to solve um, it's more yeah. of a facilitator role it's like you're not there for you you're there for them yeah so you're holding that space and and it's about them and, and not you which exactly. is exactly a natural reaction is it as, a, as an individual human being that is an, <laughs> and particularly culture organizational culture perpetuates yes. this myth of individual elitism I mean it is changing exactly but but it will take some time won't it so I think that's a big challenge yeah and but I also think I also one thing I kind of feel uncomfortable about is that I feel that we have a lot of contradictions in our general society as well. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. we're, you know, some of the things that we're doing in organizations are more, I don't know, 
progressive that what you're then seeing in wider society, you know, some of our politics, some of our, oh, yeah. you know, even schooling system. And, you know, it is driving more of what you're talking about with yeah. that individual champion as opposed to the champion team. And, yeah. and and a lot of some of the big social issues we need to now tackle, such as saving the, yeah. the planet, needs a collaborative team approach like there's no yeah. other way you can no. do it and, and it's driving uh, discrimination so I, isn't it it is it is mm. so I, I think I think some of those disconnects is mm. also what's bubbling away mm. a bit and that's not something we're going to solve straight away but I think mm. we need to be we need to say be be open about it and talk about how when you go into a team and an organization you know we're carrying a lot of that and we're not always seeing examples around us of how to do it differently and so and that means you've got to be quite yeah you've got to believe in what you're doing have a strong kind of vision around it and purpose but also be talk about it talk about that you know it's this is hard or you know this is not working or yeah so I think there's there's a lot that sits in there yeah it's challenging the system though isn't it I mean I work on it a lot with inclusion and, you know, every system has bias, mm-hmm. like every human has bias, yes, but, it, but yes. it's about constantly asking the right questions, but also about learning from the answers. <laughs> so, yes, you know, yes. if you ask a question and you get a difficult, complex answer, then, you know, unpacking it is the first step to looking at things differently. And I think, you know, with the speed at which agile can work, and especially in the tech world, that's quite a big challenge because our brains don't work at that speed in terms of deliberate thinking as opposed to automatic thinking. If I look at Daniel Kahneman's system yeah. one, system two, but yeah. which brings me to the pandemic, in fact, and hybrid yeah. working yeah. models. Yeah. Have you seen trends around the hybrid working models and the pandemic having helped agile adoption or does it hinder it or is it a bit of both? It's a really interesting one because Prior to the pandemic, there was a strong belief within the Agile community that you should be primarily face-to-face because yeah. it was this team-based model. Mm. So your your team should be together and mm. um and because you've got and there's lots of visualization techniques like your Kanban board, yeah. Yeah. like you know, having your daily check-in and and your review and your retro. A lot of that is guided by you know, yeah, seeing things, having post-it, you know, there was the joke of as long as you've got post-its <laughs> on the wall, then you have your agile, you know. And no now, more forests, yeah. but lots of post-its. Yeah, totally, yeah. So what's interesting, however, and, you know, I I have the evidence of people I work with and, and what I, I see across different organisations. A lot of teams that were working well with agile mm already had a more transparent, collaborative and visual way of working together. And if you were ready to take that into the digital Mm. world, actually you could accelerate and be more successful once we went hybrid. Mm. And what what I'm seeing is that, so I'm working with a few organizations that are fully virtual now, so that, you know, you know, have sessions and everyone dials in from somewhere. They don't, they just, they always work virtual unless they come together for for an offsite, this kind of thing. And working in an agile way and you being very deliberate of the tools that you're using to enable how you're mm. getting work done is just crucial. And, yeah. uh, you know, so having a backlog, understanding your work in progress, who's working on what and why, mm. you know, checking in, also having ways to surface the back, you know, the impediments, what's going yeah. wrong, you know, how do, you know, we're all, we're, or we're not working effectively together. What do we do? Also, and this ties into your last question, 
how do you help a manager trust <laughs> what's going on because it's all there. And so agile ways of working means that it's not about being present. It's not, you know, always online even, and definitely mm. not always in the, the office. It's about seeing the work get done, understanding who's got what, you know, having, you know, being comfortable that mm. people can own things and deliver. Mm. And agile, you know, that is what agile is about. So I, so it's interesting because I think as we start to now come out of the pandemic, possibly that is even more of this drive towards agility yeah. because those tools go hand in hand with being able to work in a hybrid way. But it, it really, I think it's it's been a bit of an interesting shift in, yeah, yeah in that, it, because I also work with organizations that aren't agile and, you know, you're like, you're just overwhelmed with yeah. the, the yeah. emails and the information and the, and how do you see through all this you know, this content that's going around yeah. and what are the priorities? And then if you don't, you know, if you're not at the water cooler talking about those each day, then how do you get that real sense of this is what we're going after and why, and now, you know, off, go and do it. But I suppose, I and mean, one other thing I've just thought of is that the pandemic was interesting because it did show to a lot of particularly, I think, senior leaders that actually you can trust your people to get on and get, and get stuff yeah. done. And actually yeah. people are in their job with good intent. Yeah. Okay. You're always going to have a, a maybe a few that are mm. disengaged mm. and they that plays out in certain ways, but people are here, you know, they're going to, you know, do a, amazing things in their home to make sure they can still deliver against that job. And I, so I think in terms of that trust that yeah. was maybe displayed, um, mm. And there was a more human element, wasn't it? So suddenly yeah, you're on the, you yeah. know, you've got your cat, your cat next to you and your <laughs> child, and you, yeah. you know, you're you're seeing each other's homes. So that's helped break a lot of that down. I do think, however, that we're in this really interesting stage because you're seeing this huge tension now between how people would like to keep working or evolve that hybrid mm. approach mm. versus unfortunately, particularly some senior leaders yeah. saying, nope, I want everyone I'm back. back you know, and I, want it, yeah. I want it this way, you know. And actually, and what's interesting is it's not necessarily always going that senior no. leader's way. And they're no. having to really, because this is it, isn't it? This is when the true future of work starts to happen. Yeah. The pandemic forced things onto us, but now we start to make decisions of how do we now operate. And we, the digitalization of how we work is now so profound. Yeah. That is not going away. You know, yeah. doing a Zoom call meeting, you don't do that for a few years and then go, oh, okay, we won't do that anymore. No. That stays. So, no. and now we work out how do we truly work with all this digital capability yeah and it, the word power is coming up for me and it's sort of empowerment that digitalization mm. has sort of leveled the playing field in terms of empowerment to say what we think about the system to work differently because we are virtual mm. and I think you know the, the sort of power linked to hierarchical leadership you know that it almost changes the identity of leaders in that system so mm. I, I can understand why they struggle with it. But I think we're back to what you were saying about consulting one size fits all. Hybrid models are like agile for me. And the fact that each organization needs to work out the model that works for them. And that may not look like someone else's model. And it may not, although clearly you have building blocks that are probably the same, particularly from a human collaboration point of view. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm seeing a rush to bring out hybrid models. 
yeah, oh, totally. from the consulting and, world. And it's oh, just, oh, from the consulting yeah. world and also this kind of blanket, okay, everyone's going to do yeah. three days in the yes. office, you know, or yeah. two days in the office. Yeah. And or we're all going to the four-day working week. That's another one yeah. at a country yeah. level. And I, yes. I just, yes. and not everyone can do that because- no. You know, let's look. You know, let's look at our society and our economy. There's a lot of places that aren't hybrid naturally because yeah. of what they do. They could be a mix of digital connection, um, but there's still a move. You know, people might need to go to an actual site or even multiple sites. Yeah. You know, yeah. and so yeah, t- totally. And I, you know, I <laughs> I feel like building a hybrid environment to run your um, operations. That is a, the best complex problem to use an agile <laughs> approach with. Yes. Like that, yeah. that is complexity, isn't it? it so, is. yeah. um, and definitely the better solutions I'm seeing or outcomes, maybe rather mm. than solutions, is when they've approached it in that more agile way, text, testing for context, yeah. engaging people in the solution, mm. and being quite ready for it's not a one size fits it all, even within the organization, mm. let alone mm. across organizations. Yeah. And, and I think it's the layering, isn't it? But intentional, explicit layering of yes. business ecosystems, yes. human systems within business yes. ecosystems, yes. and which exactly. is what Agile allows us to, to sort of do holistically. Time is running, but I do have another couple of questions. Just sure, talking sure. about future the future workplace, whatever it may look like, what would be the sort of building blocks, the non-negotiables for you if you want to create what we've been discussing, the sort of more agile way of working, whatever that looks like? Yeah, this is a really interesting question. And so for me, it is that it's it's understanding, it's everything that we've talked about. So it's that true business agility. You need to be very clear as to how you're linking your strategy and the capabilities of people towards that purpose Mm. and intent. Mm. You need to be open for that constant evolution of that working environment Mm. to, Mm. to get there. But you need discipline in applying the agile cycle to make sure it's not just do what you want and Mm. kind of, you know, Mm. and and, yeah. So people, so that I think what maybe some people don't appreciate is that agile is a very disciplined way of working. Yeah, yeah. And it's through that discipline that you can build in the adaptability that you need in a business environment. Mm. And that discipline is gained through the agile cycle. So this yeah. idea of the plan, do, review, adapt. Mm. And if you truly embrace that and you are, you know, on a couple of weeks, monthly cycle or monthly, you know, you're what are we you know, what are we going after? What are we working on? What's clear for everyone? And for if we think about leadership, that is the the why, you know, why yeah. are we doing something? Then the how is done at that team level. All right, yeah. we know what we need to do. <clears throat> Let's get on and do it. And we're going to, you know, respond directly to the customer mm. and we're going to start delivering. However, on a, you know, on that very disciplined um, cycle, you then review how that went. So what yeah. is going on for what we're delivering, the actual mm-hmm. product or the service or the, and and then that retrospective of how we work. And, and as you, as you've been pointing out, that is so key, you know, yeah. so that, you know, is there something we need to, to change or improve or do differently to enable us to be more safe or to, to mm. you know, to be more collaborative or, or, or work together in a better way. And then we take that to the plan and we go, all right, what are we doing? You know, do mm. we need to reprioritize? Do we adapt? Mm. Is there a new urgent issue that's come in? Or is it that, nope, we are definitely on the right direction. Let's go again. Mm. And I think 
I find that a lot of that discipline of the cycle gives you a sense of security, yes. safety, and certainty Control. in <laughs> an environment that because if we're saying, okay, it's about constant evolution now of yeah. business, yeah. Uh, constant disruption, yeah. how do you get that certainty? You get it through that discipline of how you embrace mm. the cycle. So for me, and I don't think, you know, if we go back to some of your comments around agile organizations that their mindset's not there yet, mm. they're doing it, mm. not being it, or that, you know, you've got problems mm. of managers saying, you know, someone's in my team, all of those things, that means they haven't truly embraced that cycle. Um, yeah. And so for me, that would be a fundamental building block. Mm. The other one that I've, and I've mentioned it a few times in this conversation, is what I think is really interesting coming out of the pandemic and across, you know, these, these things that we're calling like the great resignation and mm. the movement of people and, you know, the kickback around, no, I want a hybrid solution, not a in-the-office solution, these kind of things, <laughs> is that people need to connect to the purpose, yeah. I think, probably more than ever. And that purpose, particularly for, for younger people, is connected to the world in which we live, um, being more human, you know, or contributing mm. to the better of the climate or society. So organizations need to work out pretty quickly yeah. how they connect mm. people to that purpose and how that whole agile cycle is driving that purpose to happen. Mm. And if you, you know, uh, there's some beautiful organizations that are doing that really well that have such a strong you know, EVP and attraction yeah. And, yeah. and keep, you know, and people want to be there and give their best. If you want that to happen, you need to be very clear on on what that is for you. And you can't greenwash that anymore. No, no. Yeah. yeah. And, and would that be your, because my, my next question was, what would be your final call to action for organisations <laughs> <laughs> looking, to, looking to sort of embrace this way of working or to look at what they're doing to make it mm. more agile? What would your sort of final call to action be around that? Yeah, I think it's understanding the problem you're trying to solve. Mm. Yeah, mm. totally. And then think about, so if we've talked about, you know, the, the think about the skills or I think actually better the capabilities that you need to deliver that. Mm. Think about the multi-skilled or T-shaped teams that you need to bring together yeah. to solve it and then embrace that cycle to go, all right, how do we go? Did we, are we closer or no? We went in, the, you know, that didn't work, you know, and and so that concept of, because if we go back to your question around targets and, yes. and measurement, if you're doing that cycle, then the measurement is just part of that continuous cycle. Are we on yeah. track? Are we not? Do we need to pivot? And so it's less about, you yeah. know, the green and the red, and it's much more about the stages of getting there. So I think for me, definitely that that is key. And then I suppose it's, I think we have to hold ourselves to account. So yeah. It's fine to talk about, oh, this is the problem to solve or this is the purpose, but do, are you really doing that, you know, that, that, yeah, that accountability? And I think this is where HR can come in around, are we truly delivering against this purpose that we're saying our employee, to our employees? Because if our employees start to feel that mm. we're not, we're disingenuous with that, yeah. then we've got all the, the problems of, you know, lack of engagement, like, mm. you know, turnover, all those kind of things. So, and we're also going to miss the market opportunity that yeah. is there. So, yeah, yeah. But it's really we're about going to change quick enough. Yeah. yeah. About understanding accountability and about holding the business and HR accountable yes. for, yes. I feel like saying the poster that's on the wall or the 
the yeah. you know the purpose yeah totally totally because yeah. often you know sometimes it is just on the wall and that's why it yes. doesn't work yes totally and I think and I so I really struggle now so because I I I generally believe that that is key Mm. But at the same team time, I hate like sessions where we're going <laughs> to oh, let's put together our values or, you yeah. know, like hey, we, we do these kind of things all the time. And or what's our narrative for employee experience? Mm. None of that means anything unless it's linked to what are you trying to do as a business? And they, I feel like we've got to be quite clear that they go hand in hand now, yes. you know. So yeah. your strategy needs to be reflecting that purpose and you need to link it back to deliveries, capabilities, yes. you know, any kind of measurements, all of those kind of things. So we've got to, you know, going back to what you were saying, mm. you've got to be more holistic and yeah. have that full view. It's no use just having a few values. There's no use just having a strategy. There's no use just talking about skills. They all have to come together. Um, yeah. yeah. Just like if you go on a Gemba walk, you've got to do something with what you see in here. Yeah, like, yeah. totally. Yeah. 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 Like you can't just Definitely. tick a box yeah. and say, I've done 12 Gemba walks this, this, exactly. this week. <laughs> I know. And that's complexity, isn't it? And yeah. I think that's what makes it a bit hard because, yeah. you know, we're now in a world where there's no clear, always clear cause and effect. There's multiple. There's no just one thing. You know, multiple things can be true at the same time. And mm. that, that that's hard to kind of get your head around sometimes and operate in. And I think that's why we are seeing so much tension even in things like politics and things yes. like that. Because, I don't know, to lead in a complex, you know, the complexity, you can't just say absolute truths or, you know, no. or no, we, this is what we're going to do. And this, you know, we've got this done, yeah. this kind of thing, but, yeah. because that's actually not true. Um, um, but the, so that's harder to be a leader in. And I think mm. if you then take that into organizations, yeah, it's hard to be the leader in a complex environment yeah. because it's, you have to inspire and get, you know, the, the actions to happen through others yeah. as opposed to you being seen as mm-hmm. knowing all and, and yeah. having the right answers. And yeah. if it takes disruption, you've got to let things emerge, haven't you, and then do sense-making. Yes. And that takes yes. time and it takes a different yes. type of thinking. So Yes, definitely. No, I think the sense-making is really key. Mm. Okay, Natal, we're at the end of our time, unfortunately. Okay. I'm sure there's other <laughs> podcast topics in there, but thank you so much for coming and sharing your experience and your thoughts on Agile HR and Agile in general. Where can people find out more about you and what you do? Well, they can always come over to pxoculture.com yeah. and, of course, the hrtrendinstitute.com. Yeah. <laughs> and I am... I. I still believe I am the only Natal Dank uh, out there, actually, <laughs> on LinkedIn. So I'm really easy to find wow. on LinkedIn. <laughs> okay. And I'm uh, I yet to find that combination of those two uh, names together, but someone uh-huh. can let me know if they have. <laughs> okay. So link up with me on LinkedIn. I, I'm really open to connecting and having a chat. And um, so, yeah, just get in touch at any time. Excellent. I'll leave our listeners with that invitation. Thank you very much. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode and if so, please head over to iTunes and give us your feedback and your review and it's bye from me for now and see you soon for the next episode of Let's Talk Transformation.